Welcome back, everybody. And I'm here with Denise Degall. Hey, Denise. Hello, hello. And we are talking about the three six keys to successful leadership and why they work. And number one was regular exercise, not just exercise, but something that's regular. You do it all the time. And so number two, what is number two? Okay, number two. Okay, so everybody who knows me, who's listened to me before, <laughs> knows what I'm going to say. Okay, number two. The second key to successful leadership is balanced nutrition, a.k.a. eat real food. Yay. <laughs> you know I was going to say it. Right. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. I know no surprises with me. Like, the, you know, eat real food, make your decisions, be accountable. Um, and there's so many fun things under those topics, which, you know, you and I have had so many great conversations about. So mm -hmm. why does this work? And yes, I, when I talk about eat real food, it, I'm really talking about a balanced, balanced nutrition, or if you have to use the D word, a balanced diet. And why, why is that important? Why does, is it, why does that work for leaders? Um, maintaining that your physical health, your mental clarity, your, um, your patience, <laughs> all of that is directly impacted by the foods that you eat because it impacts your energy level, your mood, and your productivity. We know that when we eat well, we feel well. If we feel well, we exercise more. If we exercise more, we sleep well. All of those things, you know, that all of those pieces to a healthy lifestyle are essential, uh, especially for leaders. If, um, you know, a leader isn't eating well and gaining weight, people see that. People look at that person. You know, if you're looking to somebody as a role model and they're not doing the things to keep healthy and to keep on top of their game, how are people going to be able to follow them if they're not at that the, the top of their game? And of you know, course, you know, our real foods, you know, boost all of the things that we want cognitive function, um, immune system, all of those things. It's, if you, if you compare this to regular exercise in a busy schedule, almost, I think that the regular exercise might be easier than eating real food because you can you get your calendar set. You can go and you can go to the gym. You can do whatever, go for a walk. You can do whatever those things are. But once you're in the the busy day and it's easy to grab a grab something because you didn't take the time to prep your food and it's easy just to grab lunch with somebody or if you're in a position where you have to I was recently at a convention in South Florida a few weeks ago and I was talking to one of the vendors and he was saying how difficult it was to eat well because he's on the road a lot in his position and his job is to have lunch with his all of us in the field and so because he doesn't take the time to exercise and he's eating lunch which at our eating lunch out which you can make healthy choices but you also have to look at portion control and things of that sort you know how much you um what how much are you expending for calorie intake, calorie outtake, right? So it was just very difficult and it's so easy not to eat well during the day. And then you can't it's, make up for it in the, in the night. No. And, and what they, we always say, you can't over out exercise a bad diet. Um, this mm, is definitely that something again? that you that can't, again. you can't out exercise a bad diet. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what so many people do is they think, oh, I didn't eat really good yesterday. So I'll spend an hour on the treadmill tomorrow. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Um, it, it's funny that you talk about this um, this uh, colleague that you that you met down at that conference because I remember when I went from working in the restaurant business to uh, <laughs> this is this is a great transition working in the restaurant business to being a pharmaceutical rep and driving around in a car to um, OBGYN's offices in northern New Jersey, eating a lot of lunches, mm-hmm. bringing a lot of donuts. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. Like my whole life changed when I started working um, uh, working with the, the the pharmaceutical company because one I wasn't I wasn't moving as much as I was when I was working in the uh, the food industry or in the restaurant. Working in the restaurant, I always got a healthy meal, mm-hmm. right? So even mm-hmm. if I didn't have you know I didn't eat breakfast or whatever it was, I knew I was going to always have one healthy meal. What I learned. And it, it took it, it and, and this was a this was a tough lesson because I remember going when I first started working for the pharmaceutical company, say I, I'm just gonna throw this out, say I weighed 115 pounds. By the time by the first six months in the first six months, I weighed 130 pounds. Wow. And I'm five foot one. That is totally outside of a healthy weight range for somebody my height. And it was the first time I'd ever experienced something like that. And so when I looked back to see, okay, what was I doing and what wasn't I doing? What did I stop doing? What did I start doing? I realized that I really had to focus on, as you mentioned, portion sizes, mm-hmm. looking at my calendar. This is where calendar can come in. What does my day look like? What does my week look like? Mm-hmm. And where can I have those healthy meals at home? Mm-hmm. If I'm eating lunch out every day, those lunches have got to be, I hate to be this way, it's boring, but they kind of have to be the same all the time. It needs to be uh, something that is nourishing because you always want to have nourishing food, but it also has to be um, lower in calorie. So people, I see this all the time, you know, businessmen going to the steakhouse. Mm-hmm. How many times a week can you go to a steakhouse for lunch? Probably um, you shouldn't. <laughs> But that's one of the things that I think is really difficult is if you're uh, taking a client to lunch, you kind of, the client kind of dictates where you're going, but -hmm. you can always make um, healthy choices. One of the things that I always recommend to people who are either traveling or um, going out to, to, to working lunches is to actually eat beforehand. Even if it's an apple or a granola bar, Something that is substantial, that is nourishing, that is going to fill your fill your belly with 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 food, mm-hmm. with fiber. So when you're sitting at at lunch, you're not going to overeat because you're already you know you've already eat. You're already getting not not full, but you're all you're already halfway there. And drink more water. Always drink water. Um, at lunch, um, wine and alcohol at lunch is such a bad idea. One, calories, but then people don't think very clearly. And it's really difficult to go back to work and function properly. Day drinking so, is not possible. <laughs> a lot of right. people do, but yeah, it is true. Yeah, it, 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 it changes your ability to make clear, co- conscious choices. So when I've been at uh, events with successful leaders, 
um, whether I was in the business world or sometimes when um, I'm traveling uh, the business, uh, the, the medical world, um, when they are working, whether it's a lunch or a dinner, other people could be drinking alcohol, mm -hmm. but they tend not to be drinking alcohol. The leaders tend not to drink the alcohol. They may have a glass of wine in front of them, mm -hmm. but it is a glass of wine. And mm -hmm. what I've noticed is it's the same glass of wine uh, throughout the evening. You know, people want to drink to be social. You want to be social. But at the same time, as a leader, you can't lose your, um, you kind of can't lose your cool. Mm -hmm. You know, um, as a leader, people are expecting you to be a certain way. Um, and that's, that's why they look to you as a leader. Um, so I think that's an important piece is, you know, if we're eating right, we also have to be drinking correctly also, uh, as mm -hmm. you mentioned, and really water uh, is the way to go, you know, mm -hmm. make it fun. I actually, a lot of times I'll have a, uh, a club soda or a seltzer with mm -hmm. a piece of lime. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows it's seltzer. They don't know that there's, you know, not, no alcohol in it. They don't need to know. Right. But I know that I can 100% still be on my game. And so can we talk about meal planning quickly? Of course. One of my favorite things. <laughs> because the, the, the ability to meal plan or the ability to look at your week before the week starts. And um, I watch my kids do this. They, they actually on Saturday or Sunday, they're making food for their whole week so that they don't have to make decisions during the day while they're at work. And it, it makes so much sense. Your kids, that's awesome. I know, my kids are fantastic. That is so awesome. Yes, meal planning is life-changing. Is that a big statement? Yeah, but I can back it up. I really can. Mm -hmm. um, when you, I mean, truly, I've had this argument, had this argument with my sister for years. She would always say to me, well, you know, Denise, I work five days a week. I don't have time like on a Sunday to like cook for two hours and, you know, I want to relax. When her teenage daughter started to meal plan or meal prep because she had decided to eat in a different way than the rest of the family, all of a sudden my sister realized, oh, wait a minute, you know, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. And so the amount of time that she now saves every night, mm -hmm. whether it's, oh, shoot, I forgot to take something out for dinner. Oh, what are we having for dinner? Oh, I, you know. You know, there's nothing worse than that. Dish for that 20 minutes if, before dinner what are we going to have for dinner there's nothing right. worse than the mental pressure for that right sometimes like in in my house sometimes i may not cook everything mm -hmm. have everything cooked but i know i have i know i have it out in the refrigerator so if i want to today if i know tonight if i want to make turkey burgers i can go throw them out on the grill because mm -hmm. i took the turkey meat out yesterday right so meal planning um, and meal prepping are two different things. So the, the plan is, what are you going to eat? The prepping is, okay, I'm going to cook this, you know, um, and, and I always say when people are going to do the meal prepping to do, do what they can for the week, you know, even if, you know, the week is five days, you know, you don't have to worry about the weekend. Cause I think, you know, cooking for the first five days when you're working is the best, um, it takes the stress off the, the rest of the time. And then on the weekend, you can kind of be free and just kind of figure out what you want when you want. And meal prepping doesn't mean that you're, you have to cook everything for the whole week. It could mean that you have vegetables cut up and ready to go. It could, and so it's easier to just grab, you know, you've got a container of, of um, onions and red peppers and mushrooms and zucchini, and it's just in the fridge waiting. That's your, that could be meal prep getting ready for, and you have an idea of what your protein is going to be. 
throughout the week and it makes it much easier. It does. And then that next level, once you get that under your belt, that next level is, you know, batch cooking. Mm -hmm. You know, I never cook one batch of chili. I always cook two. Mm-hmm. One will eat, you know, for a day or so, um, unless it's a vegetarian chili. And then I eat it, you know, all week. <laughs> That's one my husband doesn't share with me, but the other one goes in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So part of my meal prep one meat one week is, oh, let me take that out of the freezer, put it in the refrigerator. I have to cook it. I just have to heat it up. Right. So there, you know, we, we have to start somewhere. So start with, this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to have. Let's have some of these pieces cut up, cooked. I mean, one of the things I think is always great is cooking quinoa. A cup of quinoa goes a long way and you can throw it in your salad. You can have it as a side dish. There's so many different things that you can do uh, with things like that. And it's just one less thing to have to do or to have to think about when you get home to make dinner. Right. Oh, I. There's one, there's one key point. I don't, I don't want to forget this because this is really, really essential. Um, and this is successful leadership, but this is successful, healthy living. Avoid skipping meals. Mm. People, we, we tend to do this. We get busy um, and we skip a meal. Now it's one thing if people are doing um, intermittent fasting, fine, whatever you're doing. But what happens if we're into, we, we skip breakfast and then we get busy and we don't do lunch by three o'clock. We're hangry mm-hmm. and we're going to grab anything. It decreases your concentration and your productivity because all you're thinking about is I need food. I'm hungry. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. I'm going to try to, I'm just going to finish this, you know, whatever I'm working on, except my brain is going, hello, I'm running on empty here. Mm-hmm. So skipping meals is not something that a successful leader ever does nor is it something that any of us should do if we are really interested in living that healthy lifestyle from today till the end of time. You know, when I talk healthy living, happy life, I really mean we start today and we're always, we're always improving a little better every day. Thank you. So just to quickly recap, number one was regular exercise. Number two was balanced nutrition. And then we're going to come back with number three. Hi everyone, I'm Denise Stiegel. I am the Healthy Lifestyle Coach or the Healthy Living Liaison uh, and Curator curator at livinghealthylist.com. And I'm really excited today about my recent conversation with my friend, Jean Gallagher. Jean is a financial advisor with Seaside Solutions and the amazing host of the podcast, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better. We had an in-depth conversation on the topic of, get this, contentment and why that is actually a bad thing for you. Watch more and subscribe to Discover Rising Tides at discoverrisingtides.com. I'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better. My name is Jean Gallagher, and we're glad to have you here today. And so this is show number 26 and where we explore the outs, uh, the importance of the outdoors in maintaining life balance. Through the series, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand the journey. And we'll also, as always, be hearing from Lynn Schusser-Williams, author, coach, and on her segment, Rising Up. But first, I'm excited to introduce Jill Foos. Hi, Jill. 
Hi, thanks for having me today. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, Jill is a national board certified health and wellness coach, a functional medicine and integrative uh, nutrition health coach, a carnivore coach. She's a founder of Jill Foods Wellness, a private health coaching business that virtually serves individuals worldwide. And she helps her clients discover unique health equations. So there's a lot to unpack. Yes, there is. <laughs> and, and we're really, I'm really so excited to have you here because functional medicine has, I, I don't know if it's just me hearing it so often over the last two or three years, but it seems to be coming to the forefront from within people searching for more information from the medical community and integrating that with all the other portions that you do. I'm excited to learn more about your business. Yeah, exactly. Functional medicine has such a looks at the healthcare model through a different lens. We're looking at our root cause um, path versus a band-aid path that conventional medicine often uses. Yeah, and there's there's so much to it. And and yeah. I like how you how you put that the band-aid piece too, because I think that we all want to be more informed about our health but not just how we are, but maybe why and, and how those, are, those things are determined. And I also, I think too, within the medical community, you're, you're getting a doctor's opinion, but you're never getting a nutritional background opinion too, or those two things are not put together. So you might have your medical situation in one place, and, but nobody's really talking about what you do and what you eat and how that affects your your medical situation, right? Yeah, totally. You're, you're spot on on that. You know, mm. in, in the functional medicine healthcare model, we're looking at, again, the root cause and we're personalizing that patient's lifestyle and approach to nutrition, exercise, sleep, supplementation. It's, it's the ultimate in personalizing your lifestyle. Where in the conventional model, I can't tell you how, by the time a client comes to me, they've already seen multiple doctors or health practitioners, and they are walking out with multiple scripts mm -hmm. and zero direction on what to do in their lifestyle or how to eat what's best for them. Or discovering a root cause. Exactly. And so what does it take to be able to talk to somebody about functional medicine? What's your background? Well, my background is I've always been into a healthy lifestyle ever since mm -hmm. I was about 16 years old and just more about self-discovery, not feeling good, not really understanding why at that point there wasn't a whole lot of information out there for us at that, at that, you know, many years ago. Um, but slowly just gathering more data on how to better optimize my own personal health, which is what led me down the journey to help others. Um, so what did that take for me? You know, many years of research, a lot of years of um, experimenting in different nutritional therapy, you know, ways of eating. So from vegan, vegetarianism to paleo, keto, now I'm actually a carnivore. Um, mm -hmm. So just experimenting on myself and then finally getting my my own healthcare into the hands of a very knowledgeable functional medicine doctor in my town who helped me gather data about myself, whether it's blood work, micronutrient testing, genetic testing, just always gathering nutrition. So there's a or data, there's a saying in the functional medicine healthcare model, test, don't guess. Mm -hmm. So just gather all that data and make sure you are 
doing what you need to do to help optimize your own health and wellness journey? So how does, how does that start? So what, what directs a client to a functional medicine person or, and, and, um, is it, they're not usually directed from their primary care physician, right? It is (laughs) never (laughs) there maybe from an alternative medicine person, right? So maybe from a chiropractor or an acupuncturist or something, um, of that sort, correct. Or what brings clients to you in there's one piece of the question. And then I really want to talk about the diet piece as well too. So, yeah. So by the time, like I said, by the time someone gets to me, they've seen multiple conventional medical doctors or practitioners, and they're just frustrated. They're frustrated that after 10 and 15 years, they still haven't gotten anywhere. They still don't feel how they want to feel. And now perhaps maybe they're in midlife. Mm-hmm. And this is the time where they're, they've become empty nesters, most likely, and they're thinking, all right, well, how is this going to look for me for the rest of my life? And I still don't feel great. So I think part of it is just, you know, frust- a level of frustration that they've never felt before. So now we're fortunate at our fingertips. We have our computer, we have our iPhones. So we have so much information out there on Instagram and Facebook and and YouTube videos where people are just really digging deep into whatever issue they're having. They're trying to find an answer or at least connect with someone who might have the same condition as them. And they have this, this, this conversation, this connection with each other. What did you do? What did you do? So lots of talking, lots of researching that are done by that person individually. And I, you know, Google is a great thing, right? You can just start Googling whatever condition you have, which that only is not always the best thing to do, by the way. But sometimes it, you think you're going to die. <laughs> exactly. However, sometimes that leads to um, somewhere that can help you or open up another door for you. So most people that come to me have never even heard of functional or integrative medicine. They don't even know what it is. They're just looking for help. So they mm-hmm. might have looked, maybe they've worked mm-hmm. with a nutritionist or a dietitian and that didn't go so well. So health coach is a fairly new term out there. It's, mm-hmm. We haven't been around for many years, although now there's a lot more of us. Um, and I'm nationally board, board certified. So there's a lot of health coach um, programs out there. Mm-hmm. And then after you've taken a certain type of program, you can then go on and sit for your national, your board, um, the board test and pass that. So that's the highest level of skill set that a health coach can have. Um, so there's a lot of resources out there. So when people stumble upon a health coach, I think they're very curious. You know, mm-hmm. Who is this person? We're that person that can bridge the gap between a diagnosis from a conventional medicine doctor and even a functional medicine doctor and their lifestyle. How do we, what, what is that zone in between those two points look like for that person? Mm. And then help them integrate uh, a plan, but also engage in that plan and in that coaching piece will hopefully keep them on track. Absolutely. We're trained with skill sets to start with small foundational steps to help them visualize what that health goal is for them. What does that look like for them? And then we help them. We collaborate, collaborate with them. We're their partner. We don't tell them what to do, right? That's mm-hmm. not what a health coach is, but we, we go on the health journey with them, bringing them information, bringing them support, bringing them resources so that we can help them get from point A to point B. 
Mm. And so what do you find that people are, what's most common for people? Is there, you know, I don't even know if this is a question. What most, what's most common for people that they're, problems that they're having that direct them to you or to a health coach? Is there a lot of commonality that comes in with that or, or no? Well, lots of health coaches work within niches. My niche is working with middle-aged men and women. So Mm -hmm. people going through that midlife um, area, you know, for women, it's that menopausal life for men. Mm -hmm. It's, it's their andropause. Um, What is that? What is andropause? It's, it's like the male version of menopause, right? So for me, a lot of women are coming because they've gained a lot of weight at that point. Mm-hmm. They've gained weight. They have brain fog. They aren't sleeping as well. They don't have the energy, the libido. There's a lot of things that come with that menopausal um, shift. Mm-hmm. And so I help navigate that path with them. That might mean working within their healthcare insurance, mm-hmm. right? Because functional, functional medicine is often cash pay. So maybe it's helping educate them on how to have a deeper, more comprehensive conversation with their primary care physician about getting different blood work taken, um, opening their partnership up to um, different ideas about how to solve certain conditions or certain issues that they're having, right? Looking at it from a different perspective. And some doctors in the conventional model are very open to that while others might not be. If that doctor isn't open to change or doing a deeper dive into blood work, then I help them navigate towards a functional medicine doctor that's going to be a better partner for them on their journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, blood work has really been a, almost a buzzword lately. People yes. are people are learning how important it is to have blood work. And I know for me personally, a few years ago, it didn't. It wasn't a whole lot of blood work that happened, but lately. Um, it is the norm to be able to understand where things are within your panels and how does that affect other, other issues that you might be having. Exactly. And in the conventional healthcare model, that blood work is not complete. So mm-hmm. it's almost like reading a five, cha- five chapters in a 10 chapter book. You're just not getting the full story of your patient. Mm-hmm. And so um, in the functional medicine healthcare model, we are looking at a deep dive and covering all the bases and collecting that full story so that we can make a better assessment. So a health coach can come in and say, you know, have a conversation with their doctor and learn what's going on and help guide this patient and client on a path that's more conducive to reaching their health goals whether it's weight loss. I work with a lot of women going through menopause who are losing their hair. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, that's a, something that can be very frustrating. Um, and, you know, women are, again, they're gaining that weight. They're not getting the sleep. So when they don't get the sleep and they go to the doctor, the doctor often gives them a sleeping pill, right? And then mm-hmm. they're maybe a little depressed and having some anxiety. So then they get an anti-anxiety pill or antidepressant. Um, so these then there's a culmination of all these pharmaceuticals, right? When they're in functional medicine, looking through that lens, it's completely different. You know, we're not going, we, there's always a place for pharmaceuticals, but that's not going to be the main place that a functional medicine doctor goes. So for instance, in the, the sleep, sleep analogy, because uh-huh. I think that that's what a lot of people can understand or relate to. Yeah. Um, how does that lens change? 
on the functional side. What are you, what are you looking for? What, and we're not here to give medical advice, but just curious, right. So just kind of throw that disclosure out there. This is not medical advice. It is just an exploration of a conversation, but how does the, the functional medicine piece change that conversation? Well, when it comes to sleep, we want to look at stress, right? Because when you're really stressed out, your cortisol levels are really high all day. And that's not the purpose of cortisol. Cortisol is supposed to rise in the early morning to wake us up. And then by the late afternoon or early evening, it's supposed to be going down. But that's not always the case because now people are stressed all the time and they're not doing the things they need to do to reduce that stress. So a health coach can come in and Mm -hmm. offer resources. Maybe there's meditation apps that this person can start using or yoga, or is that person even exercising? Does that person need to even just get out in the fresh air and take a fresh air walk and clear their head? You know, Mm -hmm. what are things that we can do to start looking at the stress component that relates directly relates to the sleep. And then we also look at sleep hygiene, right? What is their room environment? Are they eating too close to bedtime, right? We want to wait three hours before we go to bed on an empty stomach. We don't want to go to bed an hour after we've just eaten a large meal. Um, Mm -hmm. We want to look at how is the room set up? Is it cool? Is it dark? Is there a TV in there? Are they on their screens at night? So lots of things about the sleep hygiene that a health coach can work with on their clients. Yeah, so it is, it is, there are so many components that, that need to be addressed before pharmaceuticals come into the picture. Right. And maybe sometimes they're not even needed. Right. And one of the things I do for my clients is um, what's called a micronutrient test. So mm. all of my clients take a micronutrient test, which is a blood test. And what it looks at is on a cellular level, that person's micronutrient deficiencies, meaning are they deficient in vitamins, minerals, amino acids, Um, And what does that look like? Because a lot of times, you know, what I say is you're only as healthy as your mitochondria. Your mitochondria are those powerhouses in the cell that convert your food to energy to ATP, which is our energy currency, right? Mm -hmm. So if your cells are not absorbing nutrients correctly, and they're not converting the nutrients into energy, all of the systems in your body are not going to work optimally. Mm. So it's, you know, it's looking at the sleep pattern, the sleep hygiene, it's looking at micronutrient deficiencies, and that would personalize someone's supplementation. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at their nutrition, right? What type of diet are they eating? So looking at all these different factors, all are connected and have an effect on sleep and exercise and energy and libido and brain function and all of those things. And they all need to be individualized because what's right for one person is going to be different for another. 100%. Mm -hmm. And so how does diet play into this? I know it does, but how does it play and how do you figure out, you know, if, if, um, so for instance, I, I have been vegan before and I really needed some components of dairy. So I'm more vegetarian, throwing in some fish. And then recently I'm like, well, maybe I need a little bit of a little meat thrown in there, which is something that I haven't had in years and years and years, Mm -hmm. but it felt right for me. Right. So whether it was right for my lab work, I don't know. That's the part I guess I need to find out after talking with you. (laughs) Um, But how does, how does somebody's diet play into that? And how, how do you determine 
what diet is best for somebody? Yeah, that's a great question. I also do genetic testing on my clients and I look at certain genes that will tell me if they're, if they should be gluten-free, right? If gluten is a trigger for them. Um, so lots of, again, gathering a lot of data. So looking at a micronutrient test, where are their cells deficient in, um, looking at genetics, looking at their blood work, you can start building and looking and, and then understanding their symptoms and understanding their health goals, right? Everybody has different health goals, whether it's losing weight. Some people want to build lean muscle mass. Some people have just solely body composition goals. Other people might be dealing with an autoimmune condition and they want to eat more of an anti-inflammatory diet, which is basically the best for everyone anyway. Um, so you look at all this data, you look at what they, where they want to go, what's their vision. And you start just working on at the bottom, right. And creating a base for me and most of the women that um, I work with, who want to lose weight and are going through that menopausal change, I can say one thing that is common among almost all of them is they don't eat enough protein. Mm -hmm. And so we look at protein and you said you were a vegan and vegetarian once, and mm -hmm. I was too many moons ago. And on a vegan and a vegetarian diet, you're eating not the best bioavailable forms of protein. You're mm -hmm. eating plant-based proteins. But in the animal kingdom, we're looking at very bioavailable types of protein, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I do the math on a lot of my female clients, I can see that they're eating a very low amount of protein, somewhere under like 60 or 70 grams of protein per day, which is very, very low. Mm -hmm. So we, we talk about it. You know, We talk about why is protein important, especially as we're going through menopause, especially as we're aging, because as we age, we lose lean muscle mass every year and it gets harder and harder to build. And, you know, women, for some reason, when they get to me, they don't think about the protein. They think mm -hmm. about these big giant salads or these big smoothies or these big juices, which aren't really helping them get to their goal. So that's one of the main things I see across the board. So we just start working on a foundation. Maybe the goal for one week is increasing the protein to an optimal amount. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally, and what yeah. does that look like? That totally makes sense. And I, I was in that same thought process mm -hmm. until um, my daughter straightened me out because <laughs> my daughter's a nutrition coach, thank goodness. Right. And so she, she worked with some of my nutritional numbers and a couple of, I think I started maybe a couple, almost two years ago and the change I was, my protein was really, really low. My carbs were yeah. really, really high. My fat wasn't enough. And yep. what that was creating was, you know, not overweight, but when I started to eat cor more correctly for what I needed, my weight realigned mm -hmm. and I built muscle. So probably felt better too, just more and, energy. And I feel exactly feel better. Right. And so that, that protein piece that, you know, we don't really understand what we eat until you start to learn about what goes into it or what components we really need to to function. And so the, the micronutrient test, that's, that's interesting. I had never, um, I'm not aware of that. Mm -hmm. So that really leads to leads you to be able to give some, some direct feedback based upon individual, um, facts. 
Absolutely. And just because you might be eating a very nutrient dense diet does not mean again, that it's translating into breaking down in your microbiome and getting to your cells the way the, the place where mm-hmm. it needs to get to, to convert to energy. Right? So if someone has GI issues like SIBO, IBS, IBD, um, any type of inflammatory issues going in, going on in their gut, or maybe they have too many toxins coming in through their skin with their skincare or mm-hmm. toxins from the environment. Everybody is different. Everybody's equation looks different, but those are all ways to inhibit your nutrients breaking down in the gut and getting to your cells to do what they all need to do. So I like to look at all the information, um, gut, we always start with the gut, right? Mm -hmm. If your gut isn't, if your gut is compromised, everything else is going to be compromised. Mm. And if you think about it, if you think about women going through menopause and a lot of them that triggers hair loss, Mm -hmm. right? Um, eating the more, more protein, protein, we need to produce keratin and collagen, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need that protein. And so it all, it's all connected. So I like, we, I like to talk about that with my clients and then they have these light bulb moments like, ah, I get it. Right. I get it. And I think not going down this rabbit hole, cause that could take two hours, but, but <laughs> the, the skincare piece and yeah. all the chemicals that are either in skincare, laundry detergent, yep. um, fabric fricking softeners that oof. Um, yep. on all of these fragrance enhancers, whether people have them in their car or their house, the plug-in things that are, that are creating a lot of chemicals in the air, all of that leads to issues as well. Absolutely. It leads to gut inflammation. It leads to brain inflammation. Um, mm-hmm. It leads to our cells not working optimally, like we've been talking about. Uh, it leads to all kinds of um, negative consequences in a, on a biochemical manner. So fascinating. Yep. It really is. And so you, so if you think about it, like you, when you go to work or you go visit your kid at school, you can't control what is used Mm -hmm. in those buildings or in the hotel room. But when you're at home, you can absolutely control that environment. And that's the best you can do. It's like when you eat at home, you can control the quality of your food. But when you go to a restaurant, you can't. And so do the best you can at home Mm -hmm. so that when you go out, you have a really good foundation. Mm. Yeah. And in so many companies that are creating products, they're not necessarily creating products that are better for us. They're creating products that are going to make money that are going to sell. Absolutely. And and so I would think, are, are you part of the coaching process is to help direct people to products and solutions that are, um, that are better for them to hit their goals too. Absolutely. Because again, I work with so many women with hair loss. And so we always talk about what are you putting on your skin? These are all endocrine disruptors, right? They're disrupting Mm. the way your hormones talk to each other. So we're always talking about skincare, laundry, detergents, um, household items. um, And that affects hair loss. Absolutely. Because if your your hormones are, are not balanced, that's going to affect your hair as well. Right. Yeah. And so if we go back to the micronutrient test, Mm -hmm. if your cells are not working optimally and making that ATP, that energy currency, well, it takes a lot of energy to grow hair. 
So if you only have a limited amount of energy in your cells, your body is really smart. It wants to keep you alive, but it's mm. going to say, all right, well, we only have X amount of energy and we have all these jobs to do. What don't we need? Well, you don't need hair. You don't need hair to survive. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be shut off. Interesting. Wow. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Yeah. And so how do people, so what's the, the best way for people find you, right? They'll find people yeah. like you to um, help initiate some of these proper tests. Is, am I wording that yes. correctly? What I, what I would suggest to people is if you have a health condition or mm -hmm. if you have an autoimmune disorder or if you have Lyme disease, there's health coaches out there for every niche out there. And you should um, Google what your condition is and health coach, right? So you'll get closer to that person who specializes in what you need. For me, I specialize in, um, in women and men going through middle, light, middle age and especially with hair loss um, and weight loss. So mm -hmm. when people find me, that's what they're looking for. But that's also what I put out on social media, on my Instagram, my YouTube, my Facebook, you know, mm -hmm. all my podcasts, everything centers around those topics. So that's mm -hmm. usually how people find me as well. And so kind of the cart before the horse or the, now it's time to, to ask the other question. Um, what, what really drove you were things that happened for you personally trying to find your medical journey was what drove you to where you yes. are today? How did you get to, how did you, how did you find yourself here? Absolutely. So I had a partial thyroidectomy about 25 years ago. So that means I had half of my thyroid removed mm -hmm. and that really messed me up. The thyroid gland is so important. And when that is off, whether you have Hashimoto's or Graves, which are the autoimmune um, disorder versions mm -hmm. of thyroid um, disease, or you have hypo or hyper, hypo being one of the most common, um, that really sets off a, cas a negative cascade effect throughout many biochemical reactions in your body. Um, so that was the beginning when my hair started falling, shedding profusely. Mm -hmm. Also, I had five children and that's also a trigger for hair loss as well. Your hormonal fluctuations, not just having um, five children, right? Right. <laughs> I well, thought it was yeah, just that. the five kids. <laughs> that too, right? The stress, yeah, right. right. Oh, you mean Chron the hormonal part? <laughs> Chronic stress, right. Um, so I, and then I hit perimenopause, which I'm still in. And so it was all of these, those past two and a half decades, that has led me on a path of having to heal a lot of things, a lot of those negative consequences to what I experienced for myself. So my thyroid, I'm always going to have to manage for the rest of my life. And it's always changing, right? Women anyway, every day we wake up, it's a different party that you're entering, right? Some you don't really want to go to and some you do. And so it's always, that ride is always different. It's like a roller coaster ride. Um, so every day I am managing all of my health conditions, which would include insulin resistance, which is even though I'm a fit, lean person, I mm -hmm. still battle with insulin resistance because that is directly tied to hypothyroidism, mm. right? So certain things are connected and tied together. I'm always going to have to be on a very diligent hair growth journey. Every day of my life, I do the same things for my hair. I follow a certain diet for my hair. Um, I exercise according to my hair. I don't want to overstress myself. A lot of people exercise too much, and that's another form of, of stress. 
Um, so it's, it's finding that unique equation, which I found for myself, but it took a long time. And now I get to help others sort of have a, a massive shortcut to it. Yeah. Shorten their time, their discovery time. Yes, exactly. That's but that's fantastic. what led, that's what led me to go to um, all the different functional medicine school programs and health mm-hmm. coaching programs, and then finally get my national board certification. That's, that's, that's fantastic. So that's helpful to have you know what worked for you and you know how difficult it was for you. So that really does help communicating with people and understanding how to ask the right questions and understanding what you're hearing and interpreting, interpreting what they're telling you as well. Right. Because we're talking about a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. We're talking about finding your unique equation for your lifestyle. Mm. And what does that look like? And it might change. And it often Mm -hmm. does change as, as you age. Mm-hmm. And what is your, what does your supplements look like? And if people, um, everyone needs to supplement, right? Cause we just aren't getting the nutrients we need in the therapeutic doses you might need mm-hmm. in our food anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And even, even if we're shopping at the farmer's market, right. The, the soil doesn't contain what it used to. Exactly. Plus you'd have to eat so much in quantity Mm-hmm. of a certain food group to, to get that therapeutic dose of that one nutrient that you need. And many people that come to me are taking supplements very wrong. They are taking the supplements that they might not need at all mm-hmm. and not taking the supplements they do need in a therapeutic dose to clear that deficiency. Mm. So their supplements could actually be um, harming them, harming them. Yeah. Or enabling the deficiency or what's giving the deficiency a little bit more power to do its thing. Absolutely. And, and working you know, against them. There are a lot of Facebook forums out there um, that you can get into. And someone might say, oh, well, this worked for me and this worked for me. And this person, you know, sitting somewhere in a rural area who doesn't have access to maybe a functional medicine doctor or even a, um, a, a conventional medical doctor might say, oh, well, that sounds like something I should take. And they just take it. Mm-hmm. And so that's really dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. So I try to make that path very easy and accessible to my clients. And individualized. Yes. That work keeps coming up, but it's really important because yeah. what's right for one person isn't right for, for another person. Exactly. And what might set somebody's gut biome off incorrectly might actually work to the positive for somebody else. Exactly. Like for me, the carnivore diet has been very beneficial to me. And that is, I only eat within the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for three years. But for you, that might not work for you, mm-hmm. right? So not everybody does well on a lot of fibrous, plant-based types of food. Mm-hmm. And then not everybody does well on just an animal-based diet. And I think too, that people need to, be able to understand, they might feel okay in their diet. So maybe I feel okay in my diet, but I don't know how it is not working for me. Or I also don't know how it is working for me. And that's where testing comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think too, when people are searching for coaches, because a pandemic has brought an influx of coaches to, to the world, which is which is great that people that have skills and have interests and have experience are in a situation where they're able to help other people better themselves in whatever arena it is. But I think that we all have to be conscious about looking at the background of the coaches that we're talking to and like the board certification piece that you have 
in understanding not just that they're a coach and what their background is, but what else, what have they done education or certification wise to bring to the table? Is that correct? Absolutely. You really want to make sure when you're working with a health coach, there's some fabulous health coaches out there. Mm -hmm. um, you can go to the national board. I believe um, the national board website has a um, filter where you can find a health coach in your area or possibly in the niche that you're looking at. And that's, um, I can actually give that to you if you want to put it in your, your show notes, the link. Yeah, that would be great. We could definitely yeah. add that. I think that that's important for people that are looking for information. Yeah. And so, oh yeah, I almost lost my thought. Um, when, when, so in your area is what made me think of this. So now, but you work with clients in your, you're in the Chicago area, but you also work with clients virtually as well. Yes. I work with um, men and women all over the world, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so location, location, location doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't matter at all. I'm just on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So it is as effective to be virtual working with clients. I think it's actually more effective in, really? my, in my line of work because they're mm -hmm. devoting that one hour session to just me and them, right? We're having the conversation. We're very focused on the goals. We're very focused on um, what resources this person might need. Um, so I think it's very, very effective. I used to be in person pre-COVID, but um, everybody you, did, <laughs> right? But you, but I would go to people's offices or people's homes, mm -hmm. um, and they were so distracted hmm. by other things going on. So I feel like they're devoting this one hour on Zoom, and it's it's highly effective. That's I don't have any, but nobody ever complains about it. That's interesting. That's, that's interesting. And so now your journey, your personal medical journey has driven you here and you're really yes. used that as a, the foundation. But now that you're helping people, part of how you take care of yourself isn't just medically or um, medically is not maybe functionally, but how do you also take care of yourself outside of the functional world to make sure that you show up as you need to for yourself, your kids and your clients? Oh, I do a lot. I have a lot of practices in my life to help me stay focused on what I want to do and also give myself that time to practice self-care. Mm -hmm. And some of that looks like exercise. I always prioritize my sleep always. I, you know, if <laughs> this is really funny, um, if we go out to dinner with our kids um, and they're grown kids and they want to go at like seven or eight o'clock at night. That just doesn't work for me. I'm in bed by eight 30. Right? So I'm on the five 30, six o'clock dinner call. <laughs> so just prioritizing what works for me and sticking to it and making a commitment to myself, whether it's, um, sitting in front of my red light therapy box for 20 minutes. And that's my form of meditation every day, mm -hmm. or taking a fresh air walk in the morning to get the early morning sunlight with my dogs to help reset set my circadian rhythm so I can get to sleep that night. Mm -hmm. So always prioritizing eating enough protein throughout the day. So there's a lot of things that I put into play to make sure that I can show up for my clients, show up for myself, show up for my loved ones around me and, and be focused. Mm -hmm. It's important because a lot of people that are in any sort of um, giving career, it's easy to not take care of yourself. That is very you're, true. Because you're empowered to take care of others. Right. You have to think about that airplane um, analogy, right? Where, Put your 
put the put mask your, on yourself. Put your mask first. on first, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and and that's one of and that's one of the things I work with um, a lot with my women clients, especially the women, the moms, right? Because mm-hmm. we're so used to taking care of all of our kids, mm-hmm. but they have to prioritize their own self care so that they can be available for the people around them. Mm. And that is a mind shift. And that takes a bit of practice. And so how does the outdoors fit into all of this for you? So I was, I touched on taking those fresh air walks Mm -hmm. in the morning. So when you wake up in the morning, one of the first things I, one of the first weekly goals um, I help my clients look at is getting outside for 15 to 20 minutes every morning early Mm -hmm. and getting that sunlight. Even if it's a hazy day, you're still going to capture some of that, that full spectrum light. And that when you, not wearing your sunglasses and getting out there and having the sunlight hit your eyes and your eyes are sending trillions of messages um, to your cells there's a lot of biochemical reactions. So that is really important. But one of the most important of that is it's suppressing your melatonin production Mm -hmm. and it helps raise your cortisol. And we want that cortisol to be up in the morning. So we have energy and we can go do all the things we need to do. And suppressing that melatonin is also at the same time going to help increase your serotonin. And that serotonin is that feel good neurotransmitter. So in the evening, that serotonin is going to convert to melatonin and that melatonin is going to go up and the cortisol is going to come down and you're going to sleep better. So every day, this is an everyday practice for everyone. How easy is it, right? Just go out for a walk with your coffee or while your coffee is brewing. Um, I have a lot of thyroid women with thyroid conditions. And so when you take your thyroid beds, you have to wait 30 to 60 minutes before you can even have coffee. So it's like the perfect time, right? You can't have food and you can't have your coffee, go and take your fresh air walk mm-hmm. and just start your day off like that. Uh, so that's one of the things I do. Um, another thing I do is fresh air walks throughout the day, especially after a big meal like dinner. Mm-hmm. And that helps my digestion. It helps my blood pressure. It helps my heart rate. Um, it helps me bond with my family or friends or just med- have a meditative walk for myself. So there's a lot of good in that as well. Mm-hmm. And then I also like to do exercise walking or hiking. And this is something um, I, I love weightlifting. It's the optimal exercise for all of us, especially aging women to build mm-hmm. that lean muscle mass. But a lot of women who have not yet wrap their head around getting back to the gym to do weight resistant training, like to walk. And so I try to help incorporate with that walk an exercise walk, body resistant training, right? Mm. So walk 10 minutes, maybe do 10 squats, walk another 10 minutes, do 20 squats, maybe bring your bands with you in the fanny pack. So just trying to use the fresh air and the outdoors for multiple reasons. Yeah, it makes a difference. And I think people might realize that if they think about their habit on a weekend and being outdoors in the morning versus a weekday where they don't get it and how different they feel. Yes. Right. So every week we set up different goals. And I can tell you that that fresh air, sunlight, early morning sunshine walk is one of the top goals. Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Jill, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate your time. And, um, and, and 
I'd love to, you know, in the future, maybe get back together and take a deeper dive into some of the subjects. If there's anything that people would like to hear about or get more information on, um, this has been incredibly informative. And, and so tell people how they can get in touch with you. So my website is Jill Foos Wellness. So they can um, go to that. And then there's a submission form. If they ever wanted a free 30 minute consultation call, I always mm -hmm. offer those. Um, on Instagram, it's Jill Foos Wellness, as well as on Facebook, Jill Foos Wellness. I'm constantly posting meal idea, ideas, what supplements, um, how supplements might be directly impacting hair loss or hair growth. Um, mm -hmm. I'm always putting out there to prioritize protein and what that might look like for them, how to figure out what those macros might, might look like for them as well. So lots of great information. I also have my own podcast as well called the health trip podcast with Jill Foos. And I feature functional medicine doctors in different uh, niches. Mm. So there might be someone on stress reduction, um, men's health, women's hormones, all uh, hair loss, red light therapy, you name it, it's on there. So those are all the ways that people can find me. That's great. I'll make sure that I pass that on to my daughter and, and the group that she works with as well. That'll be super helpful. Oh, great. So, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks again. And um, I look forward to um, us chatting one another time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. Today's show was sponsored by my Seaside Solutions, my financial services company. As a business owner, it's easy to be pulled in many different directions and often taking care of yourself plummets to the bottom of the list. For me, I find myself outside to reground. My time outdoors helps me manage my day more effectively and be more present for my clients. Through this, Discover Rising Tides was born. At Seaside Solutions, we truly believe that education is the foundation of financial wellness. Our primary focus is to provide guidance that is designed to help you achieve your long-term financial goals and visions. Working with a plan allows space for doing more things that you love, like being outside to make the inside better. If I can help you create or realign your plan, or if you would like to be added to my weekly newsletter, please let me know. This week's topic was five ways to set more achievable goals. Your referral means the big, beautiful world to me. And if I can help, please let me know. And thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Mm -hmm.